Dennis Koslowski was the CFO of a large company, but he was put in charge of managing another company called Tyco. This was in the early 2000s. And things seemed to be going well until 2002, when they discovered that he embezzled around $600 million. You know, a lot of these frauds and these schemes, and you know, all these people are cooking the books in different ways. But with Dennis, he wasn't really even trying to hide it in, in some ways. Many people said that he was unabashed in his excessive spending. For example, he would spend $6,000 on shower curtains. He even threw a birthday party for his wife. It, it's called a Sardinia birthday bash. I don't even know what that is, but I Googled it, and it's basically a birthday party on this private island. And he brought in Jimmy Buffett, who I don't know either, but the whole thing cost $2 million. And so the judge determined that this was theft, and that he would have to serve the minimum sentence of eight years in prison. But after reading today's gospel, if Jesus was the judge, I don't know if he would do the same. He might say, good job almost. You see, when we read the gospel today, it kind of seems like Jesus is encouraging money siphoning and fraud in some ways. On the surface, it seems like Jesus is praising the steward for doing that type of thing. And it's a little confusing. You see, in the, in the gospel, what happens is the steward or the manager is about to be fired. And so this man calls his master's debtors. One guy owes 100 jugs of olive oil, so he says, you know, make it 50. Then another guy owes 100 barrels of wheat, well, make it 80. And essentially, he's doing what we now acknowledge as cooking the books. But what does the master, what does the rich man do? He commends the steward. And so that's why it's so confusing to us. Is Jesus praising dishonesty? Of course, we know that Jesus is not. If you, he's encouraging us to follow the commandments. And so if we read the gospel very carefully, we'll notice a very important distinction. It says that Jesus, or the, ma the master, commends the dishonored, dishonest steward. And so right from the outset, he's acknowledging that what the steward or the manager did was wrong. That's, that's not what he's being commended for. But if you read more carefully, he says that what's actually being commended is his shrewdness or his prudence. And so what the, what the master is actually commending this person for is how he prepared himself for the future despite his circumstances. And that's why Jesus says the line, the children of this world are more prudent in their own generation than are the children of the light. And what he means by that is that the children of this world prepare better for their earthly future than the children of the light do for their heavenly future. You see, imagine if we use the same energy, focus, and time that Dennis Koslowski used to plan for his Sardinia birthday bash for his wife. Imagine if we had that same energy and focus, we applied that 
to heaven. So Jesus is commending the dishonest steward for his prudence and he's inviting us to have prudence as well as we prepare for heaven. But how is he inviting us to prepare for heaven? Well, Jesus says, make friends with dishonest wealth so that when it fails, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. So just as the steward used his master's money to prepare for an earthly future, so we too use our master's money to prepare for our heavenly future. You see, all of us are like the steward, like that manager. We are all in charge of money that is not ours. Of course, we have the right to the basic necessities, but the excess that we have is meant to be directed to those in need. You see, the steward used his money that was not his to win friends unjustly, unrighteously. And so we are invited to use our, the, our, the money that is also not ours to win heavenly friends justly, righteously. And my brothers and sisters, there are many people in the world, as we know, who have debts. And I'm not just talking about financial debts, people who aren't able to provide for their own needs. I was able to go to a St. Vincent de Paul conference yesterday as the chaplain for St. Vincent de Paul Central Council. And when I was there, we were learning about poverty and hunger, and there were some shocking statistics that really blew my mind. Did you know that in Calgary, that there are over 100,000 people who live below the poverty line? That's one in every 10 people in Calgary. It means that they can't fully provide for their basic needs. Do you know that many people have done amazing work to help the people from Ukraine, and maybe you've done that here as well, in that there have been about 250,000 people who have applied and who have come to Canada, which is amazing. But do you know how many people who have applied and have not been received yet? 500,000. Even though we've done amazing work, there's still half of the people who still need to come, who want to come. One of the men from Our Lady Assumption Ukrainian Church was telling us that as they were teaching ESL to the mothers, that some of the mothers are providing food for their children, but they themselves are not eating. There's a high school student who gave a testimony of how he's living off $745 a month, and he'd go for days without eating because rent was like $500. There was another man who was living off $845 a month, and he said that to make sure that he gets enough protein for the month, he puts $25 into a Safeway gift card just to make sure that he has enough. And as we all know with inflation affecting all of us, it's really affecting those who are on fixed income because it's not being indexed according to inflation. And you see, the interesting thing is this. People are going hungry not because there is a lack of food in Canada. Do you know that $31 billion of food was wasted last year. 
31 billion. My brothers and sisters, we are invited today to do something amazing with our master's wealth. You see, we've experienced it tangibly here in this sense. You see, I am only able to be here because of the generosity of many people who were able to bring my family over from Vietnam, provide housing, food, and shelter, which provided the foundation for me to say yes to the priesthood. If that didn't happen 20, 30 years ago, I wouldn't be here today. You wouldn't be talking to me. You see, all of us, by a single act of charity, have the capacity to radically change the future in the course of our history. We all have that capacity. And I know that St. Luke's is already doing amazing things with your amazing hamper program. And there's always more we can do, for sure. You know, sometimes there's challenges because you know, there's, there's homeless people literally right at our doorstep. The other person the other day I saw, you know, I tried to give him some food, but he said, you know, Father, I can't take canned foods. I can't cook it anywhere because he, he's homeless. I'm like, oh, good point, yeah. And so we can do more. We can stretch our hearts if we are able. Of course, many of us are affected by inflation. But if we are able, we can do more because I see your faith that is in your heart. The Holy Spirit is burning in your heart right now. He's inviting all of us to respond, me included. And so don't let this grace slip from our hands. There's a young man named Frederick Ozanam, who was a bright young lawyer in 1831, and he was passionate about the truth of the faith. And while he was in university, many of his professors and students made fun of him. They mocked his faith. And so he wanted to prove the truth of the faith. And so he went into this debate class to prove that the Catholic Church was the true church. And he did well. He spoke well of the church. But one of his anti-religious classmates made a remark that stung him. He said, you're right, Ozanam, when you speak of the past. In former times, Christianity worked wonders. But what is it doing for humanity now? And you, who pride yourself on your Catholicity, what are you doing now for the poor? Frederick was struck by that comment. It stung because he knew that he believed the truth of the faith, but he didn't have anything else to show for it. And so he did one radical action which changed the course of history. And he started what we now know as St. Vincent de Paul Society. And now it's in an organization that's in 150 countries and in Canada. And in our country alone, a couple years ago, it spent $70 million to help 353,000 people. That's what one choice can do. That's what your actions and our actions and my actions can do. And so my brothers and sisters, let us do something amazing together for the poor, for God. Alone, 
this burden is too great, but together we can do amazing things. So let us use our master's riches to show forth our love because the love we exercise here on earth will prepare us to enter the eternal habitations of God's endless, boundless love in heaven.